name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Brothers and sisters, as we begin each and every meeting, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that we should begin all of our affairs in recognition and in prayer to God. So I'm going to ask you all to please stand with me in our opening prayer. And as we stand, as Muslims, we face the East. We face the East because that is the direction of our most holiest city, of Mecca, Saudi Arabia. We face the East because that is the direction in which all of the divine scriptures of God have come. It's a direction in which all of God's prophets have come. And it is also the direction in which the sun rises. Now, as we stand, we ask if everyone would open their hands and their palms in such manner that we're asking, begging God for his forgiveness and for his blessings. But we also say that you're welcome to stand what's most comfortable for you. Please join me in prayer. Surely I have turned myself to thee, O Allah, trying to be upright to him who has originated the heavens and the earth, and I am not from among the polytheists. Surely my prayer and my sacrifice, my life and my death are all for Allah, the Lord of the worlds. No associate has he, and this am I commanded, and I am of those who submit. O Allah, thou art the king. There is no God but thee. Thou art my Lord, and I am thy servant. And I have been greatly unjust to myself, and I confess my faults. And I ask protection against all of my faults. For none grants protection against faults but thee. And guide me into the best of morals. For none can guide into the best of morals but thee. And turn away from me the evil and indecent morals. For none can turn away from me the evil and indecent morals but thee. O Allah, make Muhammad successful and make the true followers of Muhammad successful as thou did make Abraham and the true followers of Abraham successful. For surely thou art praised and magnified. O Allah, bless Muhammad and bless the true followers of Muhammad as thou did bless Abraham and the true followers of Abraham. For surely thou art praised and magnified. I mean. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace as we say it in the Arabic language, which is the language of our ancestors, our original tongue. Assalamu alaikum. And to those that are not familiar with those words, it means peace be unto you. And all of us know that in this time that we're living in, 
We all need God's peace in our life to get us through. The Holy Quran says in Surah 10, verses 1 through 3, I, Allah, am the seer. Warn the people and give good news. Why warn the people? Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad quoted from a letter of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in answering this question. He said, why guidance? Why warning? It is to keep this country and us as people from following the path of empires that have failed before us. Allah gives us a way out of the historical underpinnings that are natural to the demise of nations not centered on God. Why good news? Sudan Minister Abel Muhammad said last week that even in the midst of darkness, there is a light. And that light means truth, wisdom, knowledge. That light also means a man, because only a man can bring you truth, wisdom, and knowledge. What is this good news? We in the nation of Islam are offering to all that are listening. We believe God is present. After our 400 years of oppression, he has heard our cries. He has heard our prayers. He has heard our moanings and our groanings, and he has come himself to offer all who would listen salvation and redemption. Why good news? Because in his coming, he has raised a man for us and for the world. The Quran says that he sends a messenger to every nation. And guess what? He has sent a messenger to us. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, they are both light and they are way out for all who would listen to them. They are a path in the midst of darkness that if all of humanity would follow, we could safely get through these dark times. And brothers and sisters, please help me to present our next presenter as he also presents to continue in this path. Please put your hands together for Brother Jair Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who appeared to us in the person of Master Far Muhammad, and I bear witness that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his messenger Messiah, and I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is our divine leader, teacher, and guide among us today. It is in their names that I would like to greet you all with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to first start off by thanking Almighty God, Allah, and his representative among us today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his National Assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for allowing me the distinct honor and privilege to humbly stand before you all this morning. Brothers and sisters, it reads in the second chapter of the Holy Quran, quote, even as we have sent among you a messenger from among you who recites to you our messages and purifies you and teaches you the book and the wisdom and teaches you that which you did not know. Therefore glorify me, I will make you eminent and give thanks to me and be not ungrateful to me. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad is the man who was raised by God from among us to purify and to teach us 
that which we did not know. We as a people have been so thoroughly robbed of essential knowledges that would allow us to live a decent and civilized life. The knowledge of self and our identity, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of the enemy of God. That all has been taken away from us, but he was raised to give it all back to us and more. The most honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that in this day, what day? The day of judgment, he said, in this day our righteousness will sustain us. And our righteousness comes from our obedience to Allah and his messenger. Allah said in that same scripture, and give thanks to me and be not ungrateful to me. Now let's define the word gratitude. Gratitude means, quote, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. You know, brothers and sisters, we really don't know how much or we don't realize how much Allah truly has blessed us with. We always go to God and ask him for more. Oh, Allah, I really want this new car. Oh, Allah, please help me get this new house. Oh, Allah, I want this. Oh, Allah, I want that. But very seldom that we give thanks to Allah. Oh, Allah, thank you for blessing me to wake up this morning. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with transportation to be able to get to and from. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with a roof over my head and heat in my home in these cold climates. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me to be alive today. We always are asking for more of this and more of that, but rarely do we thank Allah for what he has already given to us. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, quote, our gratitude is not for his benefit because he is God whether we are grateful or not. He preserves the heavens and the earth and it tires him not. There is nothing you can give him because he was God before you even knew him. So if you praise him and are grateful to him, that is a blessing for you. And in the Holy Quran, Allah God says over and over again, surely man, is ungrateful because Allah, God hates ingratitude, end quote. It reads in the 36th chapter of the Holy Quran, quote, if you are ungrateful, then surely Allah is above need of you. And he lacks not ungratefulness in his servants. And if you are ungrateful, if you are ungrateful, he does not like it for you. The Holy Quran is such a beautiful book. It is a book of warning, a book of guidance for those who believe in God in the last day. Brothers and sisters, could you imagine giving somebody a gift over and over and over and over again and not receiving any type of appreciation for the gift that you've bestowed upon them? Could you imagine that? And that same person asking you for more and more and more from yourself when they have not shown any appreciation at all? Wouldn't you be hesitant to give that person another gift? I know I would be. So if a lot of God hates ingratitude, and he does, we should stay far, far away from anything that Allah hates, dislikes, or does not approve of. Because how could we possibly be ungrateful to he who gave us life? How could we be ungrateful to he who gave us everything of good in our lives? Whenever we begin to feel ungrateful, we begin to feel ourselves asking for this or asking for that, we must stop and reflect on what God has already blessed us with out of his abundance of mercy. Let's begin to start counting the blessings of Allah to us, even though Allah makes it very clear in the 16th chapter of the Holy Quran, quote, if you would count the favors of Allah, you would not be able to number them. There are so many things to be grateful to Allah for. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with eyes to be able to see the majesty of your creation. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with ears to be able to hear the beautiful sounds that come from your creation. 
Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with, with the nose so that I am able to smell the beautiful smells that come or fragrances that come from your creation and from good old grandma's cooking. Thank you, Allah, for blessing me with legs to be able to walk and to run. Thank you, Allah, for coming to us, to save us, coming to redeem us. Thank you, Allah, for not forsaking us and fulfilling the scriptures of Isaiah. Thou shalt be no more termed forsaken. We thank you, Allah, for coming to us in the person of Master Father Muhammad. We thank you for raising up from amongst us the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Lamb of God, and for leaving with us the comforter, comforter from among us today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, we have so much to be thankful to Allah for. All praises due to Allah. As I close, brothers and sisters, tomorrow is not promised. We are living in a day where it seems as though life and death are walking side by side, picking us off one by one. But Allah God has blessed us to wake up this morning. Allah God has blessed us to be able to wake up and receive the word of God that will nourish our minds, our hearts, and our souls. While many others plan to wake up this morning, but we're not blessed to. We have, been, we have been the recipients of so much from God, and all he asks from us is a prayer. All he asks for us is to show our gratitude and appreciation and to struggle against the weakness of self to do his will. I'll leave you all as I came with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Please help me bring to the rostrum student minister, Shaheed Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the most merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all with the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. How's everyone feeling? How's everyone thinking? Praise be to Allah. Many of us, if you're like me, may be walking the earth, surveying the news, local, national, and global events with the same perplexing question, the same one that Marvin Gaye had. What is going on? What time is it? What time are we living in and what is happening to the world? The daily reports of the exploits, the behaviors, the wicked practices, and the evil machinations of everyday people bears clear witness that humanity has fallen and has been devoured by a satanic mind, rendering the masses on the level of a beast. We see everyday death, murder, chaos, confusion, destruction, corruption, and savagery. If we go to the Holy Quran, Surah 30, verse 41, it reads, corruption has appeared in the land and the sea on account of what men's hands have wrought, that he may make them taste a part of that which they have done so that they may return. In a monumental powerfully impactful speech entitled Self-Improvement, the basis for community development, the minister said this, we live in a world that is potential, I'm sorry, we live in a world that is spiritually and morally undeveloped, and man's potential to become human has not been realized. People all over this earth exist on an animal plane. 
Minister Farrakhan teaches us that one thing that separates man from beast is knowledge. We are witnessing humanity degenerating and disintegrating into an abyss of savagery and beast-like behavior. One main reason for this is Satan has created a world, a plane of existence that fosters, cultivates, and magnifies ignorance amongst the masses. The masses of the people are steeped in a state of ignorance. In that monumental, powerful 58-part series, The Time and What Must Be Done, part six, Minister Farrakhan said this, quote, are you bound? Are you a captive that must be set free? Are you not only in a literal prison, but in a spiritual prison, locked up in the darkness of ignorance? End quote. How do we escape this darkness of ignorance? How do we elevate off the animal plane? We need knowledge. We need spiritual enlightenment. But just not any knowledge, not just any spiritual enlightenment. So the question is, where can we go to find the knowledge that can resurrect a fallen humanity? Where can we go to find the knowledge that has the power to civilize a savage people, a wild and wicked people? Now there exists an almost immeasurable number of people claiming to have knowledge spiritual guidance and wisdom. In America alone, there are over 380,000 churches with over 31,325 pastors, all claiming to be sent by God with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We can hear bloggers talking and talking and talking on over 600 million blogs on the internet. There are about 40,000 motivational speakers in the United States alone. These pastors, bloggers, scholars, and speakers can offer us some degree of knowledge, some valuable information, some useful principles, and some good advice. But with all they have to offer, humanity is still operating and functioning at the lowest level of human existence and getting worse every day. What's missing in all their words? What's void in their mental and spiritual elucidations, expositions, and dissertations? The fact is, family, their blogs, sermons, lectures, and speeches are not buttressed by divine truth, divine revelation, and divine light. The knowledge we must have to elevate out of this horrific and dismal state of mental, spiritual, and intellectual death must be directly from the mind, spirit, and mouth of Allah God. To raise the dead from an animalistic, savage plane of existence to a divine level requires a special, uniquely exquisite, divinely inspired spiritual exegesis. And that unique, exquisite, divine message of truth, message of liberation, redemption, and resurrection comes only from one Allah God taught, trained, appointed, 
and anointed, and that's no other than the exalted Christ, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. And the message he brought to us from Allah God, Master Far Muhammad, is that illuminating truth, that life-saving, life-transforming body of knowledge we call the teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And these are the teachings that are diligently, magnificently, and superbly represented by his master student and national representative, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We in the ministry class are working hard to assist Minister Farrakhan in spreading these life-giving teachings all across the globe. Today, we have another dynamic, spiritually gifted, and disciplined student minister coming before us with a specially prepared message. Our presenter today has been a consistent devoted and dedicated helper in the cause of Islam and an exceptionally faithful disciple of Minister Farrakhan. He is a caring and committed father, a humble and hardworking soldier, and an industrious entrepreneur who owns and operates his own martial arts academy where he serves as a fourth degree master sensei black belt and as a powerful role model and mentor to many youth. At this time, to our distinguished, honored guests and visitors live here at Mas Mariam, and to those watching via webcast, we cordially invite you to prepare your minds, open up your hearts, and focus your auditory and visual senses to receive a young, dynamic, electrifying speaker, a glowing and continually rising star on the ministry team here at Mas Mariam. Please receive the assistant minister to student minister Ishmael, our beloved brother, student minister Daniel Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We thank Allah, the one God, to whom all praise is due, the revealer of all truth, the sender of all of the prophets and messengers. We thank him for Abraham and Lot, Noah and Moses, Jesus and Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon these worthy servants of Allah. We thank Allah for intervening in our affairs, in the person of Master Far Muhammad, to whom all praise is due forever. And we could never thank him enough for raising from among us the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, whom he taught and trained, and using supreme wisdom, took him out of a wretched condition and exalted him into his current position of power. I am a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I thank him and his National Assistant Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for the great opportunity to speak to each of you today. And this morning, we want to deliver a very serious and timely message entitled, End of Time, the Fulfillment of Prophecy. 
Something in the world, brothers and sisters, is not right. We can all feel it deep down in our souls, as they say. We may not be able to express it in an eloquent manner. We may not be able to point directly to it or to tell others exactly what is going on. But at the end of the day, all of us can feel something on a spiritual level, that something is off, something is amiss here in America, but ultimately all over the world. Throughout the year in 2020 and 2021, there was a hashtag that trended several times on social media, in specific on Twitter, it was hashtag end times. And a couple of times there were different spins on it, it would say hashtag end of time, hashtag the prophecy of the end of time. And what that means is that when something is trending on social media, that means that many people are discussing that issue and talking about that topic. So ultimately that means that the masses of the people are all sensing the same thing when we say that something is wrong and something is off. Even before this recent pandemic began, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been a faithful warner for over six decades, 60 years of time. And he repeatedly told us about a time that was coming that would be unlike any other time that we had ever experienced. So I wanna briefly draw our attention to some of the things not even though the minister has did it for decades, I want to bring our attention to that which was a little bit more recent. In October 2016, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan from this very house delivered a lecture entitled, If Satan Casts Out Satan, He Is Divided Against Himself, How Then Will His Kingdom Stand? And although many thought that may have just been a title, it was in direct correlation with the scriptures from the book of Matthew chapter 12 verse 26 that reads, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? At the close of, that was delivered in October of 2016 and the elections were just about a month or two away. And we watched how Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump began to go against each other and began to really get into some lower level type of conversation. Ultimately, as history has shown us, Donald Trump was elected the president of the United States. But as we watched him for over four years, he and his base of supporters were challenged on every single turn. We observed as he clashed with the media and they had nothing pleasant or positive to say about the president, so he therefore coined and popularized the term fake news, which was an attack back on the media. We saw Trump versus the FBI. We saw Trump versus the IRS. Never in the history of America have we seen a president whose own government and accompanying institutions seem to dislike or even hate him. And of course, it culminated in, the another, in another battle of Trump versus Biden, and we all know how that went, that after he was elected, before the inauguration, just a year ago, there was what they called the Capitol Insurrection, where those who had a certain ideology ran into the, uh, to the Capitol of the United States of America 
took devices and laptops off of congressional tables, went in the bathroom looking for different individuals, and what that showed us is that America is on her deathbed. That's right. Now that we have a new president, Joseph Biden, the Republicans and the conservatives remember everything that they were put through over the previous four years. So now they are returning the favor. They are relentlessly and continuously attacking him on every podcast, on every platform, whenever they get a chance, on every article. They are calling him Sleepy Joe. They are labeling him as senile, and they challenge his policies on every turn. But whether you agree with one side or the other, other is irrelevant because the bigger picture is that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was right, he was exact, and he was on time when he said that if Satan casts out Satan, how then would his kingdom stand? That's right. So the political arena is in disarray. I looked up the current U.S. debt, and according to the calculators of 2021, just last year, they said the current U.S. debt is $23.3 trillion. They have the nerve to give us poor credit scores on Credit Karma with a debt of $23.3 trillion. But if you look at the articles that are being published not by the Nation of Islam, but in their own periodicals, there was one article that I came across from The Atlantic that was titled, The Decline of the American World. There was another article from The Fair Observer that was titled, America, the Stumbling Giant. There was another article from The New Yorker that said why democracy is on the decline in the United States. And there was another article from the Pew Research Center that said looking to the future, public sees an America in decline on many fronts. So politically they are in disarray, economically they are, they are in disarray, and over this last school year I've had the honor to work amongst our youth inside of a school system. And I'm telling you that the educational system of America is failing our youth. In the book, The Fall of America, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wrote in chapter 21 on page 92 entitled, The Destruction of America's Education. He said, quote, the American people actually have come to the point where they hate their own educational system. This means that they are now hating and destroying their civilization because it is education that civilizes people. The American people no longer want their education and they are destroying the very houses that house their textbooks of education. They are rebelling against their teachers who teach education. They are fighting their teachers and then they set their houses on fire, schools, colleges, and universities this means in words, as I have said above, that they are destroying their own civilization. And here in Chicago in specific, we know that they are sitting there debating and arguing. Right now, CPS, Chicago Public School versus the teachers union, they can't see eye to eye. The children are suffering because of it. And the teachers who already felt underappreciated and underpaid are now facing penalties financially of their paychecks because of all of the madness that is going on. So political disarray, 
economic disarray, educational disarray. And to put the icing on the cake, last year, 2021, was one of the worst years in regards to weather. According to week.com, there were many natural disasters, but they said there were 20 natural disasters that cost at least $1 billion, and that these so-called natural disasters took nearly 700 lives. And a fun fact, seven out of the 20 over billion dollar weather disasters, seven of them out of the 20 directly impacted and affected Illinois where we are sitting right now. Keep in mind, that all of this is taking place, these billions of dollars of tragic natural so-called disasters, while a nation is already in $23.3 trillion of debt. So the moral of the story is that America is falling. With all of these signs, brothers and sisters, we know that something is happening, so the question becomes, where can we find the answers? Some of us look to the newspapers or to some little blog site, and we're looking for some astrological projection about what your 2022 will look like and how you will travel the world and this will be the greatest year of your business and all of these little, you know, cliches, if you will. But deep down, I think we all know that those are just what they are. It's nothing that we can utilize to go to a higher level of human existence and it's nothing that we can utilize to properly prepare for this time of darkness that we are currently living in. For those who may be diehards and really believe in horoscopes and astrology, let me just lift one interesting little data point. If there are 12 signs of the zodiac, as they say, and we live on a planet that has 7.75 billion people, then that means that on average, when you divide the number of people by the number of zodiac signs, that means that whatever is written and whatever is said about a particular sign has an average of 646 million people that that applies to. You and I know better. We are no longer in kindergarten. We are no longer preschoolers. We know that we should not be looking to anything in those stars or the moon that's in Jupiter, as the minister said. That is foolishness. We need to find a better solution. Some of us look to our pastor or our priests but unfortunately, the vast majority want to talk about wealth and prosperity. And as it says in the book of Timothy, they want to tell us things that tickles the ear, but it has no substance or merit to really transform human life. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said this when talking about the pastors of our day and the ministers. He said, when you pick up the Bible and the Holy Quran, you read about the judgment in a way that is so terrifying that today many pastors don't want to talk about it. We want to talk about the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, but very few want to talk about the wrath of God. If we desire to find out the time and what we should be expecting in this time, we must stop reaching for that shiny little trinket and that snake oil salesman and we must consult the best knower which is Allah himself. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan delivered a powerful lecture series called The Time and What Must Be Done. And in that series, he talked about the judgment, this time that we're living in. And in episode two, he said, quote, I do not represent a man who gave us the exact time. 
I represent a man who said what the scriptures say in the book of Matthew chapter 24 that quote, no man knows the hour, but God himself, who is bringing about that hour of judgment to pass. However, we have been given in both Bible and the Quran signs that we should look at and then contemplate and measure our actions according to the sign. So the key to understanding the time, brothers and sisters, is to study and examine the scriptures. Imagine that I told you that I had a vision where I saw the very next seven days of your life. I could tell you detail by detail what you're gonna experience, and I wrote it down in this little notebook that I have right here. If I passed you that notebook, how eager would you be to read the notebook? To find out what's gonna happen over the next seven days so that you can properly prepare, plan, and strategize how you are gonna execute and move on a daily basis. Are y'all following me? Well, why is it that our Bibles and our Qurans are sitting on shelves collecting dust? I propose to you this morning that the scriptures are victims of a bad marketing campaign. And because we are not aware of what we have in our possession, we have allowed the enemy of God to have us running from and rejecting scripture, when in all actuality, we should be running towards the scriptures. So with the help of Allah, we would like to share with you this morning what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us about the value and importance of being students of the scriptures. First, we must reorientate our minds about the scriptures because the way that we read the Bible and the Quran is all wrong. Many of us think that the scriptures are like history books. So we think that first, an event happens. Second, a person who witnessed the event writes about the event, and then therefore we get the Bible or Quran and we read about what has already taken place. However, this is only partially true. There have been events that have already taken place and we can read of these accounts. And for those stories, we are able to learn valuable lessons and life principles that can benefit us on a daily basis. But the vast majority of scripture is not historic, it is prophetic. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in Message to the Black Man, look at this quote, he said, we make such history, the scriptures, once every 25,000 years. When such history is written, it is done by 24 of our scientists. One acts as judge or God for the others, and 23 actually do the work of getting up the future of the nation. And all is put into one book, and at intervals where such and such part or portion will come to pass, that people will be given that part of the book through one among that people from one of the 12 scientists, as it is then called a scripture, which actually means script of writing from something original or book. So what that means, brothers and sisters, is that this history of 25,000 years is not written in hindsight, it's written in advance. And as the people deviate from the straight path of God and they begin to go on their own accord, God out of his mercy always raises a human being from among that people. He gives that human being a piece 
of this 25,000 year history and that man uses that script or that scripture to bring the people of God back to the path of God. Are y'all following me? So script is the root word of scripture. If we were involved in a screenplay, if you will, and we were casting for some Broadway musical or, or, or play or whatever it may be, if you were the main character, you would only get a portion of the bigger, of the bigger writing. Are y'all following me? If you were the accompanying uh, uh, love of the life of the main character, you would get a certain script. If you were the bad guy or the antagonist of the play, you would get a certain script. But it is not until those scripts are brought together that we get the full picture, which is called the screenplay. The Torah, in the Old Testament of the Bible, the books of Moses is a script of a larger writing. The Injil or the Gospels that talk about the life of Jesus is a script of a bigger writing. The New Testament is a script. The Old Testament is a script. The Holy Quran, the revelation of, given to Prophet Muhammad is all scripts that are a part of a larger writing. So in the nation of Islam, we do not spiritually gangbang. Just because someone believes in the Bible does not make them an enemy of us. We are actually brothers and sisters in faith, so we can go into their book because we have the root of the knowledge because we have been visited by God himself. All praises due to Allah. So in regards to the scriptures, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the scriptures are 75% prophecy and 25% history. So we can use these scripts, as the minister said, to contemplate and measure our actions according to the signs of the time. So let us begin with the Holy Quran, chapter 7, verse 34. It says, and every nation has a term. So when its term comes, they cannot remain behind the least while, nor can they precede it. Excuse me. This means that there was a time set for this nation called America since before it even came into existence. And in this verse, Allah is making us aware that when the time comes that he has declared is the end of America, there is nothing that America can do to stop the expiration of their time to exist and be a living superpower on our planet. America's time is up. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that America's time expired in the year 1914. Now you may be like, what? Hold on, hold on. If the time was up in 1914 and we in 2022, something's not right. But I point your direction to what we all learned in high school in the laws of physics. And that whenever a thing falls, it starts at a certain rate of speed, which they say in physics is 9.8 miles per second per second, or miles per second square, right? But as the thing continues to fall, it begins to pick up speed and accelerates at a higher velocity and a higher rate of speed. And then at, a, at the ultimate hitting of the ground point, it is at the highest of speeds before it is destroyed. So America in 1914, their time expired. And they began a descent that started off pretty moderate at 9.8 or so. But now a hundred years plus later, we can see the effects of the acceleration of the fall because now we have what we have here in America and all over the world. 
So the question becomes, if America is this mighty nation and this mighty superpower, did these scientists that wrote this 25,000 year history in advance, did they see America in the scriptures and did they write about America in the scriptures? And the answer is, of course they would. In the book of Revelations, chapter 18, verse 2, it reads, And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become a habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. America fits this description of this nation because in the series, The Time of What Must Be Done, that the minister gave in episode two, he answered the question about what it means to be a habitation of devils. He says, what does it mean to be a habitation of devils and what is devil? Devil here, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us, are those who are given to rebelling against the way, the life, and the law of God. In America, in our current condition, in whatever city you may be viewing from or here in Chicago, if you're present with us at Mas Maryam, are we behaving like a nation of righteous people or are we behaving like a nation or a habitation of devils? What is the murder rate in America? What is the murder rate in Chicago? How many prisoners are locked away behind bars right now if we are a righteous nation? How many women are being kidnapped and put into sex trafficking rings. Look at the behaviors of our hands and the deeds and our actions, and we know that we are living in a nation or a habitation of devils. Yes, on a more personal level, when the struggles of life begin to weigh on us, especially mentally, what do we resort to? Do we consult God, or do we reach for the vices that the enemy has uh, uh, overabundantly placed in our communities? Do we consult God or do we go to happy hour? While we're in our homes with our friends, with our homegirls, and we taking shots and getting drunk. So some of us are resorting to liquor instead of resorting to the best knower. Some of us have now gotten a pass to smoke as much weed as humanly possible. All because Satan told you that it was now legal. I'm gonna say that one more time, y'all missed it. Some of us have went full in and we're smoking so much weed because Satan told us that weed was now legal. For others of us, we may be guilty of popping pills, which is a big craze. And parents, I caution you all because I didn't know that it was this bad amongst our young people until I started working in schools this year. And when I tell you that the majority of our young people are out of their mind high, popping pills, popping zannies, popping beans. I'm telling you that the majority of our children are popping pills. It has become so normalized in our young people's culture that to see a child come into the school with clear eyes and a sober mind is almost the odd thing. But to see them with bloodshot eyes and high out of their minds is normal. And I can see sometimes even in staff they have now accepted it as normal because they know that if this child did not have that zany or did not pop that pill, that they would be so irritable and they would cause a disturbance in the school's curriculum. So they've now kind of just turned a blind eye to the excess 
of popping pills. There was one young lady that I spoke with, she shared with me an experience about how there was this new drug, they got a thousand names for it, I can't keep up with it, I'm sorry. But they popped, but this young lady popped a half a pill with her friends, and I said, okay, what was the result of it? What happened? And she, she said that four hours later, she woke up in a room filled with her friends, males included, she was fully naked, and she can't not recall what took place the last four hours of her life. And the other people in the room were so high out of their minds First of all, they're inebriated, right? They're high, but they said the only reason they didn't call the ambulance was because every few minutes they would check her chest and see if it rose, as if they had the wherewithal and the soberness of mind to really make an intelligent decision. So we are behaving in a very risky manner, and we have become a habitation of devils because we are under the greatest of devils, and his influence is the order of the day. So we have grown up in a country that has made it so easy to do wrong and so easy to rebel against the way of God, but they make it very uncomfortable and difficult to do right and be in submission to God. So the scriptures say in the book of Psalms, chapter 51, verse 5, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived. Now some theologians take this scripture to mean that man is sinful by nature. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan rejects that analysis because the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we are born righteous by nature. We are Muslims by nature. But he said that this scripture is referring to a time period where the people would be born in a world or in a country like America where sin and wickedness is the order of the day so we are born in sin and we are shaped in iniquity. So because of a world like this that is in direct rebellion to God, God has now declared the end of this civilization. In that same lecture, The Time of What Must Be Done, Part 2, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan so said, so the world in which we lived, which we live, excuse me, was doomed from the day it began. And where we are right now is at the time of the doom of this present world. In this time of doom, brothers and sisters, there will be much suffering. There will be much sickness. There will be much disease and the loss of property and the loss of life. And in this book, the Holy Quran, it talks about this time. And it says in Surah 2 or chapter 2, verse 155, it says, and we shall certainly try you with something of fear and hunger and loss of property and lives and fruits. This period of time that is being referenced will be very trying, and it will be very difficult. It is telling us that we will be made afraid, whether you want to accept it or not. It also tells us that we will be facing hunger. When a man or a woman is hungry, it causes you to do things that you would have never fathomed or thought about doing before unless you know how to handle these trials that we experience. My brother, and I love this brother, student minister, Talib Ul-Hikmah, excuse me, Kareem, and my brother shared some articles. He always keeps us abreast of what's happening in the world. But over this weekend, he sent to us several articles talking about this issue of hunger. And, it's talked, and it talked about how a major food shortage is coming to the United States. One header said, grocery stores still have empty shelves amid supply chain disruptions, Omicron, and winter storms. That was the USA Today.
In another one, in Reuters, it says U.S. grocery shortages deepen as pandemic dries supplies. In the business, it says a, mo a major food shortage is coming again in the United States. And Brother Student Minister Abel Muhammad, he even told us that when he went to Whole Foods recently, the entire dairy section was practically empty. So how will we deal with this time of famine and pestilence? We're under a pestilence called COVID-19. We're under a famine that is on the way, whether we want to believe it or not. So we will be tried with the loss of property and the loss of light, life. These are difficult things to handle. And whether we believe this is taking place right now or not, brothers and sisters, it is irrelevant because we can just look at the outcomes of society and we know that something is happening. Look at the increased rate of substance abuse, the increased rate of alcoholism, the increased rate of our people wandering, wandering around in the streets with mental health issues. And let me say it like this, the increased rate of mental health issues of people in the next cubicle to us at work and at the places of business and the places that we go because it's not just affecting the homeless. It is affecting those who seem and appear to be normal people, but when you have a conversation, you can see the stress of the times impacting their, ment their, their mental health. But what I find interesting is the two verses that follow this verse talking about what we would experience in this time. The next verse, 156 and 157, says, and give good news to the patient, who when a misfortune befalls them, say, Surely we are Allah's, and to him we shall return. Those are they on whom are blessings and mercy from their Lord, and those are the followers of the right course. So these verses serve as a perfect balance, demonstrating that for this time period, there will be those who would succumb to the difficulty of the hour and the stresses and pressures of life. But then there's another group, who will leave everything that is taking place in the hands of Allah. And if we can do that, Allah is promising us that we will receive mercy and his blessings. So the question becomes, how do we get in the favor of Allah so that we can be the benefactors of his mercy? Brothers and sisters, all throughout the eons of time, God's universe has been here. And the way that Allah has structured his universe is that it is built on the basis of truth. So anything built with truth and built on truth will last and anything that is built on falsehood will only be temporary. The reason that we see nations rise and fall is that throughout the course of history, at some stage of their development, whether it was how they came into existence or what they did while in existence, once they violate the principles of truth, they begin to deteriorate and descend out of existence. Throughout the rise and fall of nations, there is something that never dies as well. And if we can attach ourselves to that which will never die, then we can secure our survival and make it through the fall of America. That thing, brothers and sisters, that is progressing and has existed from the beginning of time to current is something called the will of God. In our study guides in the Nation of Islam given to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he talked about the will of God and he said this, 
everything in creation is the manifestation of the will of God. All of creation expresses the attributes or characteristics of this mighty being, the originator of the heavens and the earth. But the will of God is the power behind the throne. The will of God is the power behind the universe, its creation, its maintenance, and its sustenance. He then goes on to say, Allah's will never fails. There is no plan by any scholar or scientist, no power in the heavens above or in the earth beneath that can circumvent the plan of Almighty God. In fact, the plans of the present world leaders were all taken into consideration. Before they were even a thought in the mind of their father, their plans were known. Their scheme was known. And Allah took their plans into consideration. He places his hand over their plan. He places his scheme over their scheme so that even their wicked schemes help to bring about the fruition of his will. That is a mighty powerful being we are dealing with when he says, be, it is. Brothers and sisters, can you even wrap your mind around a God who becomes frustrated? A God who gets aggravated because he can't some, even figure something out? We can't even wrap our minds around that concept because on an intrinsic level, we know that the will of God cannot be frustrated, right or wrong. So yes, the fall of America is scary and it is nerve wracking. The judgment of God tends to be that way. But just like it is when our parents pulled out that belt, when we and our siblings were cutting up and acting a fool, it brought about a certain type of environment called the judgment. It wasn't the judgment of God, but it was the judgment of mama or daddy. And it was chaotic. It was intense. It was scary. But one of the most relieving feelings that you can have is when you see the chastisement of your parents being inflicted on your brothers and sisters, but in this regard, you were so on point that you didn't incur the wrath of mom or dad. We may not be able to feel the wrath as far as the licks, but we can feel the wrath of the wind that comes behind mama's swing or daddy's swing. And we can hear the bellowing and the yelps for mercy as our brothers or sisters cover their backside and try to get out of the way of that chastisement. And what it does is, since we are not being afflicted by that wrath, we become humbled and grateful that we found ourselves within the parameters set by our parents. Are y'all following me? As it is with mom or dad, so it is on the highest of levels with God. If we find ourselves in the parameters of the will of Allah, then we will be out of the way of his chastisement, although we see a world that is getting whipped. We may be able to feel the wind behind his swing. We may be able to see certain economies or certain activities that we once loved kind of take a hit. But if we can find ourselves within God's will, we will be in his mercy. And if we find ourselves outside of his will, then we run the risk of allowing ourselves to be destroyed by two possibilities. One, by the plans and the attacks of Satan, 
or two by the chastisement of Almighty God Allah. And the best example for this, brothers and sisters, is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He has been protected all throughout his ministry because he has always found himself within the parameters of the will of God. We can hear how some of these YouTube scholars who's living in their mama's basement talk about our beloved Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And we can hear the sickness of how they speak. The minister is a part of this or the minister is a part of that. I've heard one silly one, ignorant brother, he's our brother nonetheless, but ignorant, who said that the minister was an operative and that's the only reason that he has not been killed for saying the things that he says. And I want to say to, the, to anyone who's watching, who's present, who has these sick type of views, to shut up and sit down somewhere. Because in reality, you who speak like this are nothing but devil worshipers. You are so fearful of the enemy and you believe that the enemy has so much power that you don't even believe that God has the power to save. Praise be to Allah. And if we examine, brothers and sisters, it is right there again in the scriptures. Whenever Satan desired to chastise someone who was protected by Allah, meaning that they were within the will of Allah, what did Satan have to do? Was he so powerful that he could just do what he wanted to do? Or did he have to set an appointment with God's secretary, sit in the front lobby, drink a cup of coffee, and wait for God to call him in to have that conversation? And if we look at the account of Job, Satan came, sat in the lobby, drank a cup of coffee, and then eventually God called him to the back and said, what's, what's going on, man? How can I help you? And then Satan says, man, I've been trying to get to this man named Job. And you have this protective bubble around him, a hedge of protection, right? Meaning that Satan can't do anything if God does not authorize it. And he says, you have this hedge of protection around your servant, but if you just remove that hedge, I will make Job curse you to your face. But just like we just said, the will of God cannot be frustrated. So God places his hand over the enemy's hand. And although Job was a righteous servant of God, God allows it and says, okay, I'm going to allow you to chastise my servant. What was God's ultimate plan? It was to allow Job to go through the misfortunes and the trials of life only to be a testimony and a bearing of witness that if you maintain faith and stay the course and commit yourself to the will of God, at the end, you will still be the victor. Praise be to Allah. So today, Job serves as an example for us that whenever we have the loss of family or the loss of life or the sickness of our mother or our father or we have the loss of cars, loss of whatever it may be, we can now go to the story of Job and read it and become refortified in our faith and not allow the enemy to manipulate and use us for his advantage. Now this thing called the will of God, brothers and sisters, is a gift that God decided to share with every one of us. So each of us also have the ability to will. When we want something, we have the ability to plan and bring into existence with a strong enough will what we plan and make it manifest in real time. But God loves us 
so much that he gave us this gift called the will and his respect for us is so high that he adds another word in front of will called free will. God doesn't force you to obey him. God gives you the freedom to choose. You can either do what he's instructing and asking you to do, or you can move on your own accord and do what you think is best and find out what the, what the results will be. So this is why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, quote, Islam comes after all else fails. That means that this thing called the free will that God gave to us as a gift, many of us wanna try every expression and everything that we can possibly do thinking that we know better than the best knower. So this free will causes us to go astray. This free will causes us to do things, try things, experiment things, further leading us from the true source of power, which is Almighty God, Allah himself. So after we bumped our head, after we've gotten a hickey and all of the bruises, then comes Islam. Islam means total or complete submission to the will of Allah. I'm gonna say that one more time because this is powerful, brothers and sisters. Islam means complete or total submission to the will of Allah. And the practitioners of Islam, those who are striving to fulfill this definition, are called Muslims. And a Muslim is one who submits his or her will to do the will of Allah. So that means that this gift that God gave us called free will, if we are just willing to give back to Allah what he gave to us, we will find ourselves in obedience to God and we will find ourselves within the will of God. And because we are in the will of God, we will survive the darkness of this time. Are y'all with me? And this is why in the nation of Islam, we say all of the prophets, all of the messages, no matter what scripture you bring to us, we say that they were Muslims. You may say, why would you label them Muslims? No, the enemy gave you these titles and made you afraid of them. That's right. But in reality, these are beautiful terms when you properly understand what they mean. The whole journey of life, brothers and sisters, is to give back to God what he gave to us. And at the end of today's message, we wanna invite you to struggle with your brothers and sisters in this journey because we need to make sure that we are within the will of God at all times, especially in the fall of America. Now, if the safe place is in the bosom of Allah and we get there by getting in alignment with his will, then how can we get aligned with something that we are cloudy of? We need guidance to determine what the will of Allah is so that we can make sure that we are on point. If I didn't know that mama told me not to eat the cookies, and that is her will, if I'm unaware of her will and I eat the cookies, I will suffer the consequences upon her return back home. Are y'all following me? Same thing with God. We need to know his will. So in the book of Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, it says, how will they know? Except that they have a teacher. And how will they have a, a teacher except one be sent? As we discussed earlier, when we were talking about scripture, God wants to guide, and, God, and how God wants to guide a people, he must familiarize them with his will. He raises a man from among that people and deposits within that man 
his mind, his message, and his will, then that man represents the will of God to the people. In the Holy Quran, it says it a little bit differently, but same message. It says, and certainly we raised in every nation a messenger, saying, serve Allah and shun the devil. Then of them was he whom Allah guided, and of them was he whose remaining in error was justly due. So travel in the land, then see what was the end of the rejectors. Why does God raise a man from every nation? Allah wants to destroy our excuse of, oh, he's a foreigner, or oh, he didn't speak my language, or oh, he didn't come from the same struggles that I came from. I had to get it out the mud. You know how we talk when we try to get tough? I got to get it out the mud. So God gives to every nation a messenger who looks like them and talks like them and has some of the same experiences that they have had to experience. But what is so special about this particular time is that since it is the end and the conditions are worse than all of the former prophets, I'm sorry, all of the former people and nation and nations, excuse me, God has decided to forego the normal procedures. All throughout the scriptures, all of the former prophets and messengers prophesy and tell the people that at a, at, at a specific time called the end, that not a prophet or a messenger would come, but that God would come himself. That he would then, I'm sorry, I lost my pace. Bear with me, brothers and sisters. At the end, God would come. God would not send just anyone to do this job because the wickedness of America is at such a high volume that God decided to come and execute the judgment himself. If you look at the scriptures, brothers and sisters, in the book of Genesis, when you read the accounts that refer to Satan, you get the imagery of a serpent or a, or a snake slithering around in the garden. But when you get to the end of the scriptures of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, somehow Satan has transformed from a garden snake or a rattlesnake, and now they use terms as dragon or beast. That means that as the time went on, Satan became more proficient in his wickedness. He became more subtle in his wickedness. He became more intelligent on how to get us off of the path of God. So therefore, God says, I can't use a messenger. I can't use just a prophet because you would destroy them just like you've destroyed the previous messages and prophets that I've sent to the world before. So God decides to come himself because whether we want to accept it or not, brothers and sisters, it takes a God to deal with a God. And whether we want to say it or not, Satan is a God. He is the God of this world. And if you send someone who is not sufficient to deal with a God, just like if you send someone who's not a black belt to deal with a black belt, don't be surprised if they return with hickeys, black eyes, busted noses, and etc. So God understood this and he decided to come himself. I want to show us the mindset very briefly of how God was thinking when he came. In the book of Isaiah chapter 42, verse 14 and 15, look at what God says, it's beautiful. He says, I have long time holding my peace. I have been still and refrained myself. 
That's, 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 let's pause for a moment right there. That means for everyone who's seen what is happening in the world today and you've ever had the thought that God doesn't care or that God can't be real because he doesn't see what we're going through. You can use this verse in Isaiah 42 verse 14 because God is letting us know that he's been watching. He's been, he's been seeing. But to properly fulfill scriptures, he says, I refrained myself. I wanted to kill him. I wanted to render America not. But I had to let a certain thing come to pass because in the end, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord. So I had to refrain myself and let things play out. Are y'all following me? Sometimes you see your child headed in a direction and you can see them going through some things and it's difficult, but as a good parent, you have to just step back and watch sometimes. Because if you intervene before the appropriate time, they won't learn the lessons that you need for them to learn. So you have to let them go out there and think that they are thug, only to get slapped up and come back home talking about, daddy, they whoop me. You have to let them try and experiment with certain things only so that they learn the lesson and when they come back, like the story of the prodigal son, they will be humble, they will be ready to receive the will of Allah, they will be ready to get in, the, in alignment with Allah, and you will have a righteous person on your hands. Allah did the same with us. He saw us struggling. He saw us in slavery. He saw our women being raped and tortured. He saw their wombs being cut open and allowing the unborn fetus to fall to the floor. He's seen the medical genocide. He knows about the ulterior motives of this so-called shot or this jab that they're promoting to the American people. He knows these things. But as it says in Isaiah 42, he had to refrain himself. But after the period of time passes that he refrains himself, himself, he says, now will I cry like a travailing woman. I will destroy and devour at once. I will make waste mountains and hills and dry up all their herbs and I will dry up the pools. Are y'all hearing the God talking? Then in another verse in Romans chapter 12, it reads, do not avenge yourselves, dear friends, but give place to God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So God is intimately and directly involved in this period of time that we are living in. Now, some of you may know the history of the nation of Islam, and you re may remember the old footage that you can still find on YouTube when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad would come out to speak, and the person that was at the mic, they would then step to the side, and a voice would come and say, here comes the messenger of Allah. And you may be thinking, if God said that he's gonna come and he didn't wanna send a messenger or a prophet, why would y'all call the Honorable Elijah Muhammad a messenger? We are glad you asked, because I am not contradicting myself. God came to make war with the enemy. And in warfare, there is something called covert operations. You have straightforward warfare, and then you have warfare that happens on a subtle level, on an intelligence level. Check out what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in the lecture, How to Give Birth to a God, talking about this title of messenger attached to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I thank my brother Tariq, brother student minister Tariq Muhammad for lifting these words last week. But look at what he says. Elijah Muhammad was no organizational leader. Elijah Muhammad was not just some cheap educator and school builder. 
Elijah Muhammad was not just some man to give you a farm and set up a factory or some little cheap business to get into it, to get into it and make money. Elijah Muhammad was so much more than that. You say he was a messenger. I say he was so much more than that. Messenger is one of the cheap titles, but he is a man who is the architect and the father of a whole new civilization, and that is no messenger. He only used that title because it would be too much for you and me to really understand who in fact he really was and is. If you cannot accept him in the lowest rung of his titles, how then will you be able to accept him in those other titles that tell you more about him and the great work that he was commissioned by Allah to do, not just for black people, for the whole, but for the whole of humanity. Praise be to Allah. We're almost finished, brothers and sisters. The ultimate beauty of, of God's presence, which declares the end of Satan's world, is that when the master is on scene, he makes other masters. When God is on scene, he makes more gods. It is the presence of God that signals a major shift in the history of man because he shares his thoughts and his mind with those who are willing to submit to him. So God duplicated himself in the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He is not a messenger if he received everything that the supreme being was willing to give him. If I take a glass and I pour into an empty glass all of this water that is contained within this glass, what is in the next glass that once was empty once I pour this over there? It is the same thing. So Master Fahd Muhammad came to make a nation of gods, not just Oh, worship me. No, he wants us to be able to duplicate and exemplify everything that he is. Are y'all following me? So God duplicated himself in the honorable Elijah Muhammad. And this fulfilled the scriptures in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 5, where it called the honorable Elijah Muhammad the first begotten of the dead, meaning that he was the first to receive the knowledge, the wisdom, the understanding that God wanted to pour into him. Are y'all with me? But if it says the first begotten of the dead, then that means that God is expecting some more to be made. And he did make and duplicate himself yet again in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad, due to the minister's love and obedience and submission to him, he was able to perfectly receive everything that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad wanted to give him, everything that Allah wanted to give him. And therefore, he has duplicated the same process again. So now I guess we can say the second begotten of the dead. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a beautiful human being, brothers and sisters. And his love and his submission and his alignment with the God has allowed for him to be subsumed by God. So now when he speaks, he does never speak on, he never speaks of his own accord. When the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives guidance or delivers a message, it is not Louis Farrakhan who is teaching or who is speaking. It is God who is speaking through the glass called the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So when we look at him, we are looking 
at a divine human being. And on February, quick plug, February the 27th, 2022, we will be blessed to hear from this man of God, servant of God, yet again, as he will be speaking from this rostrum here in Chicago, Illinois, broadcast to the entire world. But when you see him in February, know what you are looking at. Don't treat him as some organizational leader. Don't treat him as some principal of a school. Treat him like the man of God that he is and understand that everything that he says is not of his own accord, it is of God. And brothers and sisters, if we are willing to submit and enter this protective bubble called the will of God, the nation of Islam can, be, can begin mass producing gods so that we can bring forth the kingdom of God and establish a nation of gods. And that is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan called this headquarters of the nation of Islam Mosque Maryam, because Maryam is the Arabic word for Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. And if you submit to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and what God has given us, this house, this sacred institution will birth a nation of saviors, a nation of little Jesuses that will go out into the world and help to establish the kingdom of God. So I, praise be to Allah. So I close, brothers and sisters, with an update on the power of God and how awesome it is to be in the protective bubble of his will. If you happen to recall, when I was blessed to deliver a lecture on August 22nd of last year, I shared the story of my mother who had contracted COVID-19. And due to her past of having chronic asthma her entire life, when she contracted the virus, it really ravaged through her body and began to deteriorate her lungs at a, at, a, at a fast rate. And one day she called me crying and she said to me on the phone, son, I can't breathe. And she began to weep. And because she couldn't breathe and she was crying, I had to end the call there because I didn't want her to go into any more difficulty as far as her air lungs. But when I hung up the phone, I knew that something was wrong. She was admitted to the hospital and they immediately placed her in the ICU or the intensive care unit where that means something is very serious. And a few days later, they began to put her on the ventilator. And then a few days after that, they put her on what is called an ECMO machine, which is a lung bypass machine, meaning that she was completely dependent on machines for her survival during this time. Eventually, she went into a coma as well. And as her condition worsened, I informed Minister Ishmael of what was happening, and he told me that he thought that it was best that I go visit her and check on her and ensure that the hospital and its staff was providing the best treatment for my mother. So I flew out, and when I arrived, I sat by my mother's bedside, talked to the medical staff, did what I had to do, and when the time was right, he also told me that I should go to her ear and whisper into her ear what I wanted or what I uh, had to say, and then concluded with a prayer asking the God to bring healing to her. So I did so, and when the time was right, I went by her ear and I asked her permission because my mother calls herself a Christian and I didn't want to offend or just take a liberty. I wanted to respect her beliefs and at the same time share with her what I believe. So I proceeded to ask her permission even though she couldn't respond because she was in a coma. 
And, and after I said a prayer that she was more comfortable with, I then asked, may I pray? And when I prayed, I called on the God who came to us in the person of Master Father Muhammad. And I asked him that if it be his will, if it be his will, still looking to make sure that I'm within the bubble of his protection, if it be his will, would he heal my mother and help her to recover? I also prayed in the name of the servants of God. So I mentioned the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who was the first begotten of the dead. I mentioned the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who was God's servant in our midst. And when I completed the prayer, I was at peace. I knew that my mother would have to fight. And this was a part of her journey and her personal testimony. But I knew at that point that it was now in the hands of Allah. As I came back to Chicago, as I shared in the last uh, lecture that I referenced, I was blessed by Allah to have a, a confirmation that everything would be okay. And throughout the span of over six months, I went back and forth to where she stays in Arizona just to check on her and make sure that everything was good. But today, I am proud to say that she has been transferred out of the ICU after six months yes, and moved to the physical therapy floor. Praise be to Allah. Praise be to Allah. And the doctors were so amazed of how long she was able to be on the ventilator and the ECMO machine. They had never seen it before. So they said, may we name this floor of the ventilators and ECMO machines after your mother because we've never seen someone last this long and actually recover. Praise be to Allah. Praise be to Allah. And I am also proud to announce that as of most recent, the physical therapy team said that she will be discharged on the 20th of January, this upcoming Thursday. And not only that, but Allah is also releasing her on the very weekend of my 12th year anniversary as a member of the Nation of Islam. Brothers and sisters, God who appeared to us in the person of Master Father Muhammad is real. He has the power to say to a situation, be, and it is. You can't tell me that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is not who we say he is and that he is not alive and in power. You cannot tell me that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is not the servant of God, the man of God, the Messiah that the world has been looking for. So we thank each and every one of you, brothers and sisters, for your time. We thank those of you who have tuned in for your time and your attention this morning. We greet you as we came before in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, Again, we thank you for coming out to Mas Maryam and for those who are tuned in to our webcast. Before we let everyone go, we just have a few questions to ask you all. Do, if you believe that what you heard today is the truth and that it is good for our people, may we see a show of hands of everyone that was affected and influenced by today's message. All praise is due to Allah. Our next question is that if you believe that what you heard today is the truth and that it is good for our people, and you would like to learn more information about 
how to become a registered member of the Nation of Islam, how to fall under the guidance that will teach us the will of God, and how to fall in alignment with that will, we would love for you to come forward at this time. Wherever you are, don't allow the, the, the weaker side of ourselves to sway us to stay in our seats. If you believe that what you heard today is the truth and good, go ahead and stand where you are. I would like to shake your hand on behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of, I'm sorry, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, and on their behalf, extend my hand as their hand so that you can learn more information about being a member of the Nation of Islam. At this time, please come down the center aisle. All praises are due to Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. For those that are watching on the website, you too can accept the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You can send us an email at noi.org and let us know of your intentions that you want to be a member of the Nation of Islam. May Allah bless you. Let us give Brother Student Minister Daniel a well-deserved Round of applause. And brothers and sisters here, Maj Maria, I'm going to ask one more time. My brother put it all. And just bearing witness of the majesty and power of Master Far Muhammad healing his mother. And then having them to change the floor to her name is a bearing of witness of his power. But imagine him as a young man having to go through that. Don't know. But God, as they say in the church, is always able. One more time, put your hands together. <laughs> Student Minister Daniel Muhammad. Brothers and sisters, he has done his part we have a chance now to be interactive with the word. That word has touched our heart, our lives, and it should make a change in our being. We want others to hear this word so that they can feel what you're feeling right now. So we're gonna ask you at this time if you can help and contribute to the ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who has warned us and been a guide. As we see the shelves get empty, the minister warned us 20, 30 years ago that this day would come. And as we see the weather changing, the minister warned us. He told us to stock up on food, told us to make sure we had water in our homes. Only someone that's filled with the Spirit of God could see that far down the line and know what is happening. He told us our own businesses, our own schools. And as we see this world falls, we have to turn to something. But it's not too late yet because as long as he is among us, we have a chance. So we're asking you to help us now. And those that are online, you can help in the ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We have a donate button right now that you can contribute to help yourselves. And in giving in charity, brothers and sisters, the word says that when we give, we can rid ourselves of our own sins. And even the prophets had to give in charity. It's a way of us showing our gratitude and our appreciation and thanking God for him giving to us everything 
that we have. The Bible says that he would open a storehouse for us with untold blessings if we would just give to him first. We thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan because worry not for him. One of the biggest blessings that we have is to know of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Were it not for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we wouldn't have our relationship with God. So we thank him so much. And we thank him for reminding us of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad because we do have a natural immune system. It's our own body. But we have a natural immune system plan. It's called how to eat to live. By following the words and the two books of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, we can hold off most of the illnesses and diseases that we have if we just eat the proper food and eat it at the proper time. The food will keep us living a long, long time. So when you leave, you can go online and order book one and book two of how to eat to live. And any of the books, student minister Daniel last week, student minister Abel, and in the weeks before that, student minister Ishmael, and in fact, all of the student ministers, quote from Message to the Black Man, Fall of America, and Our Savior Has Arrived. You can purchase those too. You can go to store.finalcall.com. And guess what? We have a 50% sale going on right now. So go ahead and stock up. And as you stock up on food, stock up on the word. Buy a box of books. There's one thing in our community, get a book away. You see people every day, hey, I got something for you to read. Check this out. Got something for you to read. Check this out. Give the word to somebody because just, you just might give it at the right time to help save their life. And also, brothers and sisters, we want you all, where well, we do have our COVID-19, many of us have suffered with it, many of us have lost. But we have a plan here that can help. It's called our COVID-19 Practical Steps for Self-Care. What you can do to protect yourself. You can go to www.noi.org backslash C19 and it will give you a wealth of information on how to fight with COVID-19. And if you have it, how to help yourself through it. I said, for more detailed information, go to that website ASAP, the Nation of Islam, once again, is offering a way for you to fight COVID-19 without you having to take a shot, a jab, a booster, whatever else they're calling it. Don't do it. Don't take it. Take how to eat to live and take practical steps as we fight through these very, very dark times. And also, brothers and sisters, there's another immune boost, boost. It's called the Word of God. Word of God. You can get a copy of the Final Call newspaper, which is the finest publication that you can put your hands on. Praise be to Allah. And we want everyone, every week, if you can get a subscription, get it. If you can get the paper and you see brothers or sisters that are selling it, get you a copy of the Final Call newspaper. You can subscribe to FinalCallDigital.com. Make that a part of your immune system booster, not only in the physical, but in the mental too. 
So make that a part of your vitamins, final call in the word of God, and most certainly essential vitamins that you should have. And brothers and sisters, as we're driving, at work, at home, chilling, versus WGCI 96, you can hear the word of God 24 hours a day. We've been blessed that we now have FinalCallRadio.com. 24 hours a day, we're live. You can hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan all day, all night, every day. You have your children, families. You can just sit and get the magnificent wisdom of Almighty God, Allah. And brothers and sisters, also, I believe Brother said it as the devaluation and the corruption and the miseducation of our children that are going on in the Chicago public schools and other schools. We're offering an alternative. It's called Muhammad University of Islam. And we want to build Muhammad University of Islam all over the world. But we need your help. So those that can, whatever you can donate to support independent education that's God-centered, and teaches of our accomplishments as black people, and it teaches the truth. Make a charitable donation today and support our wonderful students, you, or you can mail your donation to Muhammad University of Islam. So come on, brothers and sisters, let's support our own. We've supported everyone else for so long, and they've given us nothing back. So let's now learn to invest in ourselves. And our students are striving hard. Let's put our hands together for Muhammad. University. Now also, brothers and sisters, see we, and some, some are saying it's a lot of announcements. You should be happy, because we got a lot to offer. We have our world famous supreme bean pie. Now for the one or two, like bean pie, don't worry about that. Don't pay attention to that, because we all thought bean pie, but once you taste it, you're like, gotta have another. So we want you all to get our Supreme Bean Pie, and we can send it to you no matter where you are. We'll send you a Supreme Bean Pie. Put your hands together for the Supreme Bean Pie staff. Let us recognize them. And every week, our doors are open across this country for our Sunday meetings, Wednesdays at 7.30, Fridays at 7.30 and our Juma prayer. We invite you all, no matter where you are, there's a mosque near you that you can come and hear the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Brothers and sisters, we thank you so much for all that you have contributed to today. And I would like for you all now to please stand with me in prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful. Master of this day of judgment in which we now live, thee alone do we worship and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path. 
the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed favors, not the path of those upon whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after hearing thy teachings. Amen. May Allah bless each and every one of you. We'll see you next Sunday, inshallah. We'll, Minister Ishmael Muhammad will be back with us. Assalamu alaikum. Greetings, dear listeners. We have been blessed by Almighty God Allah over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.